Hi, everyone. Um, Jennifer here. Uh, I am a food addict, and it's lovely to be here. And Nancy, thank you so much for asking me to speak. Um, I am a re I am re in recovery and gratefully uh, a relapse survivor, if that is a term. Um, a week or two ago, I celebrated six months um, of abstinence back from a relapse. And that relapse, I mean, I wish I can give you like, oh, it was, it was 10 years and three months and five hours of a, of a relapse. But um, for me, and I know for a lot of other people, relapse is so tricky. I really never knew that I was descending into it. Um, I, prior to, I've been in the rooms for eight plus years. Um, I came in already abstinent because I started my recovery by going into a rehab facility, an outpatient rehab facility. And they gave me a food plan and, you know, was, I had to give up everything. I had to give up alcohol pills uh, i mean my body was like pure you know like water i drank all the time i gave up coffee gum mints everything anything you could think of that was possibly <laughs> enjoyable um and the 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 rehab set and i was like why do i have to give up coffee why do i have to give up nuts why do i have to give up cheese why do i you know and it's like, and they said, anything that can take you out of being present is something we want to remove from your day to day. And okay, I was so I had the gift of desperation. And I just, you know, I was a little bit resistant. But for the most part, I followed it all. And after a month of rehab, I, <clears throat> I followed their food plan. And I was abstinent. And a month after abstinence, I came into the rooms. I found a sponsor. I worked this program, Pink Cloud, spiritual recovery, spiritual experiences, fourth dimensions. I was in it. And I did a lot of service. And um, I loved organizing things. So I started meetings and um volunteered at the, the intergroup level and went to um, conventions and workshops and retreats and it was beautiful and you know as a byproduct of that all this weight just melted away melted um how could it not you know I was eliminating sugar wheat flour all the other things I mentioned and um I was able to stay quite present um and then i mean i i i don't know i always try and like figure out when when did it have, what was the turning point you know but it didn't really it didn't really go down that way it was oh i i brought it back nuts i brought back cheese i i would have nuts and cheese only out. I wouldn't keep it in the house. That seemed to work for me. And then I would go to 
almond butter was a biggie. Like, oh, I can have this as my snack. Okay. More almond butter. More. All of a sudden, my pants are getting tight. You know, like. But that didn't stop me because I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm a food addict. And if it tastes good, and I'm also someone who craves texture. I'm a very, I'm a very textural person. So based on my, if I'm stressed, I want to eat something crunchy and, you know, or like chew on ice cubes or, you know, if I'm like sad, I want something creamy. And, you know, so texture was a big part of, of, um, my cravings. And, um, I'm actually in the food industry and, uh, I never used to sit down for a meal. Um, I would just graze all day, like cooking professionally and then just, oh, this is good. I'll make a little bowl of this for myself. Like never really had um, a meal with a start and a finish. And being in, that was part of my abstinence was I have a meal that's weighed and measured and, and whatever is weighed and measured is on that plate. And when I finish that plate, my meal is over. And so that was a really great learning experience for me to, again, stay present with my food and um, stay present with my food. And really, it really changed my relationship with food. You know, I really became aware how I used food to suppress feelings, you know, uh, resentments, um, defects of character that I didn't really understand quite yet. Jealousy and, and, and really resentment was a big one. And another defect of mine is is judgment. I, I'm such a, I'm so judgmental. I was raised in a, in a home with my mother had three other sisters and she was always on the phone gossiping with one sister about the other sisters and it was like so toxic i remember saying to my mom when i was like 10 or 11 like why are you talking about auntie ruby like that like with auntie anna and i just was like i couldn't understand it and then eventually it was like oh yeah the, i'm a gossip i'm a gossip now you know so anyway and the rooms taught me like we don't speak about what we you know, what you see here, whom you see here, let it stay here when you leave here, you know? So it was really, that really helped me change how I engaged with people, you know, because gossip can be a really big, uh, like people can really bond over gossip. Um, And I was learning how to cultivate relationships with people on a more genuine level, authentic, and, um, yeah, so the, the almond butter came in, and then I don't know what else. I mean, it was just like years of slipping and sliding, and but still abstinent, you know, but just bringing in these new foods. And then one day I just went out, out, and I was on this rampage. I went to like every single store. Every single thing, you know, I was crazed. I was cra- I was insane. And um, I thought to myself, okay, what can I eat that I wasn't allowed to eat in the last five years? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, just, and then I just ate until I, I wanted to obliterate my, my mind. 
anything that was moving in my mind, I wanted to, to obliterate. And, um, looking back on it, you know, I see like it was, I was, I, I was completely insane. I was completely powerless. And, um, I remember I, I was, it was in 2016 and in November, there was a lot of change that I really couldn't deal with, like the rest of the nation. And um, that just took me out, took me out. I started drinking um, and it, in October, I gifted myself with a trip to Thailand. I'd never been to Asia. I, um, after that crazy binge, I said to myself, I cannot go to Thailand binging. It will, I will completely not be present and not enjoy the trip. And it, it happened to have been a yoga retreat. And so I, I got back on my food plan, no sugar. And, and I had like the most memorable trip and. I connected with myself. But when I look back on those photos, I was like, I couldn't even look at my photos because I just felt so fat and not worthy of whatever, not worthy of existing, you know? But I worked my program and then in November of 2016, I relapsed with alcohol, but I stayed abstinent. And then I went into rehab for alcohol because it got out of control and um and then from then from 2017 until two years ago 2019 i was really struggling in and out of relapse really trying to get a day one day one over and over and over again day 30 30 was always a big breaking point for me where i would just lose maps and then i would say to my sponsor like just got to 30 days what happened she was like well 30 days it's a biggie you know of course you're gonna have pressure on yourself you know so um then uh, one thing I kept doing I stopped going to the rooms I stopped staying in touch with people um on Tuesday nights there was a meeting right next to my therapist that finished that started right after my therapy ended. So I was like, at least I'm just going to go to this meeting. And I went late and I left early and, um, and I didn't want to talk to anyone. And I was, you know, sour and depressed. And, um, I just didn't want to be there, but I was like, how can I not go? It's right. It's right there. Like God is telling me, on, Jen. It's right there. So one thing I kept doing is, yes, going to that meeting once a week. Maybe I would skip it. Always stayed in touch with my sponsor. Always stayed in touch with my sponsor. And if I tell you that that connection kept me from really going, really researching what my, my another bottom could be, that, that was it. It was connection with my sponsor and she would tell me, um, I, I would just bash myself. Like, why can't I get this? Why can't I get this? 
and she would remind me like, but wait a minute, you just went to that meeting last week. And wait a minute, you just made a phone call. She would remind me of these little baby steps that I would do. And to me, at that time, they felt like I wasn't doing enough. And she just kept reminding me and reminding me that I am working towards abstinence. And I kept believing her until I believed it myself. You know, um, she took away a lot of the shame that I felt from gaining weight, from leaving a program that I used to thrive in. I couldn't understand how did this happen? Um, and most of all, she was so gentle and loving that I had to believe that I was worthy of that love. I had to, she just kept reminding me like just by being her, you know, not saying anything like Jennifer, you're so lovable. Just our relationship. She showed me that she loved me and she accepted me and slowly but surely I started turning over my food again even if it was a sleeve of cookies or this or that or I started turning it over and then we had then I said okay can we I really want to figure out what a doable abstinence would be for me and it was all me I just, I felt all of a sudden, like, I don't want to be eating this snacky thing anymore. Like, I don't feel good. It doesn't feel good physically. And we came up with an abstinence, you know, turning my abstinence was turned over my food. My meals had a start and a finish. Doesn't matter what was in them, start and a finish. I turned it over to her every day. And, um... think that was it it was the most gentle abstinence and I said that's not abstinence I'm not I'm not weighing my food I'm not well I need to get back to that plan of eating before I need to get back to it because that's abstinence for me that's an abstinent food plan and she would say well well let's just you know like let's just keep this you know let's just keep this for now and for a year I struggled with I'm not good enough. I can't get back to that original plan of eating. I'm just, I'm not good enough. Like, and one minute. Thank you. And slowly but surely, I came to see that that plan doesn't work for me anymore. It wasn't sustainable. That's why I relapsed. Um, and I'm on another, I'm in another plane of existence right now. Um, that relapse has completely changed my life. And while I don't recommend for people to go into relapse, it, is, it has been the biggest gift because I saw that I am lovable at any size, at any weight, at any with makeup, without makeup, you know, 
cop right, you know, just whatever I look like, I'm still lovable. Whatever I ate, I'm still lovable. And this has been one of my favorite pamphlets, Members in Relapse. I highly recommend it. Um, it reminded me that being loved and accepted was, it was and is the key thing to bringing me back from the relapse. And uh, just quickly, I will say I started a meeting in New York once the pandemic hit, same topic, recovery and relapse. And I was looking at the, the suggested formats on OAMYC.org. And I was like, great, what is it going to say? Like, get a sponsor, get do this, go to meetings, develop a food plan. No, it said being loved and accepted is the most important. I know we read it at the end of the meeting, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but it was being loved and accepted was the most important heritage. We all need to be loved and accepted, not because we are abstinent, not because we are a goal weight, but just for who we are. And this has enabled me to develop a new relationship with Jennifer. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I can't wait to hear everyone.